you like Phil Collins? This is Susudio. A great, great song. Personal favorite. Okay. I thought, I thought we talked about the fucking soundboard. There we go. That's the intro. We got our <laughs> intro right there. Welcome back to the Songwriter Showdown. I'm Dan. I'm Christian. And this is the podcast where we take two prolific songwriters and put them head to head in a bi weekly schedule. That's right. Shortened season. We're going to do bi weekly from now on. We're looking at this season. The Geniuses of Genesis. That's right. Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. Who else was in Genesis, come to think of it? Great question. I don't have to answer that. (laughs) I I know the answer, but I'm not going to tell you now. I've recently gone through the Constitution. I'm going to plead the fifth. (laughs) Yeah, and other amendments. Sure. You know, right to get gnarly, whatever they are. I don't remember. Uh, I'm going to first prohibit alcohol. Then I'm going to pull it right back, roll it back. Ah, just like the sugar tax. Illinois-centric. Illinois <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, not all of our listeners are from Illinois. I know, but hey, shout out to Illinois. Uh, repealing that sugar tax. We did it, guys. They heard us. <laughs> we did it. We're going to stay obese. Where are we at? Uh, this week, we're doing Peter Gabriel's hit song. And I don't use that term lightly this no, week. No, 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 no. Sledgehammer. And Phil Collins will be bringing us what this week? I believe we'll be hearing Phil Collins's hit. What? Suit. Suit. Suit, Ah, one of my least favorites. That's not true. That can't be. No well, one doesn't like Susudio. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this about Susudio. I have not listened to this song since 1997. So, you oh. know. All right. We're, we're so coming back. We're a clean 20 years. You know, I don't know if I listened to it in 97 even. It, maybe it's 87. Anyways. I wonder how the drugs affected the first time, though. <laughs> There'll be no more drug stories. Oh, I've got a, a lot of major. We'll see how. We'll see what happens. Where was that sentence going? <laughs> Spent a lot of speculation as to my mental health. Um, <laughs> oh no, he's. Hey, I see him every week. He's doing great. Doing great. I'm vaping simple. That's I can't stress living. that enough. You are clean living. Local, that's no yeah, joke. No, that's no joke. Uh, local though, I vape local as well. Oh, you have to. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Simply I'm, must. You know where I go. Uh, no, I can't. I don't want to name drop an actual vape. I saw somebody with a sweatshirt that says "Wise Guys Vapes." And oh, I was like, "Oh, that's got to be yeah, Chicago." Yeah, we, we can't give that. We can't give them free. I go to the Juice Hut. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you either go to the Juice Hut or you go to Deep Dish Vapes. <laughs> Chicago's own Deep Dish Vapes. Oh uh, man, thick clouds. So, anyways, welcome. Welcome. We're here. We're, Might as well do another episode. Absolutely. Let's jump right in with Sledgehammer. Ooh, I love it. Hit me. Hit me with some facts. I don't have a I don't have a ton of facts about this song because I've gotten away from the trivial in life. I'm keeping it simple. Sure, it, that's Dan's way of saying I haven't done my research. <laughs> uh, it's been a long week. I'm writing a synth opera. You know that. I know that. You you got. No they lot. don't know that. That's their first taste of it. A lot of hands on a lot of keys. And I'm buying a lot more keys. <laughs> I, I know I said I didn't need any more, but I'm buying a few more. Buy a couple more pieces. Buy a couple more. What's interesting about this? The fifth studio album. This is, I think, really the moment for Peter Gabriel. The album is called So. Have you heard of it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's got a couple hits on it. I don't want to spoil the rest of the podcast. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he really comes out in a major way with this record. This is like the world took notice of Peter Gabriel with mm-hmm. this record. Partially because of the videos, partially because of the song placement, just kind of in yeah. the world. He has always been light years ahead of people with videos. Oh, like yeah. He gets really interesting directors. Uh, I'll go into it later who's involved with the Sledgehammer video because it's amazing. Like that's, that's all I remember of Sledgehammer is the Sledgehammer video. Yeah. 
but that was super cool. I wonder, you know what? I didn't, I probably should have done a tiny bit of research about the video itself. But since we keep it to such like the song. Yeah, you know, I'll lay a little bit of something out. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I have a little bit about the video, but not. Anyways, care to take a guess as to where this where this hit on the charts? Oh, geez. And I, di- I, I want to tell you, I didn't do any research into oh, this song you either. You liar. You liar. I believe this was... You want me to just? You want me yeah, to? Yeah. What are you gonna do? In? Are you gonna? Are you gonna play it? Are you gonna play it straight? Are you gonna? You gonna Here, let, let me let me take it back. Ready? Okay. Oh, geez, I, Dan, I don't know. Uh, what are we thinking? Maybe this seems like a popular one. Maybe number nine. Oh no, my friend, number one in Canada. Number one in Canada. You wouldn't believe it. And it also spent four weeks at number one in the United States. Wow. This is Peter Gabriel's "Coming Out Party." Wow. Number one. All right. Sledgehammer. Where did it hit in the UK? Do you know? That's 1986, by the way, just to talk about that. Got you. I'm sorry. What did you say about Canada? UK? UK. Num- number four know? in the UK. All right. Interestingly enough, kind of tanks it in the UK. I mean, that's still... <laughs> he's still doing all right. <laughs> kind of shit the bed on that one, Peter. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, people will not shut up about this video, though. Mm-hmm. And um, interestingly enough, this is a stat you don't hear a lot anymore, but I think if you're a younger listener... This this will seem like I'm saying like this is a Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award, but at the time it actually meant something. That this won nine MTV Video Music Awards. Holy now, cow! Yeah, yeah, nine. And let me clarify that last statement. These meant something. Um, they meant that you were very popular. Like I'm not yeah. saying these are not like you know whatever the Eisner Awards for comic books or even the Grammys really yeah, to that yeah. point. But it was it pretty much said like you were king of. You know the music videos. That yeah, year. it was a it was a pop culture award. You were cemented in pop culture yeah. if you were given this for MTV. Yeah. That's what it seems like. The Grammys is you know there's some gusto and some and music uh, musical videos, recognition. Yeah, and music that. videos are what sold records in the 80s and early 90s. Like, yeah, I wonder what the what the turning point is when you stop seeing the importance of a video to to sell a record. You know, at what oh, point? Geez. Yeah. You know, because even grunge was still driven by videos to a large extent, yeah. you know, like new metal. I feel like that kind of was too. that whole movement. Yeah. I mean, hip hop in a lot of ways, I feel like. Yeah. Still like, uh, yeah, I don't know. What did Fred Durst do it for? Hmm. You know, I don't recall. <laughs> the Nookie. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Seems obvious when you say it like that. <laughs> now that you say it, I do remember him saying something about that. Does the, the Kids Choice Awards, do your kids watch those? Are they still giving away surfboards? Wouldn't even know, brother. Wouldn't even uh, know. Okay. Well, I hope Peter Gabriel got one. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Anyways, here it is. Jumps right in. Great. Great intro. Reminds me a lot of what they didn't hear it, episode zero, where we did Allentown. Mm. Set in like an industrial mood. Yeah. You know? You hear like gears and presses working in your head. I don't think that's by, you know, like. It's all designed. It's by design. It's by design. I like that bass. In all these songs, there's great production. There's a lot of like interesting layers, and the way he tweaks things that you think you know yeah. into sounding like different instruments is interesting. I also think it's a really uh, interesting vocal rhythm. Going up and down, all around the 
when I was doing my research earlier, not just now, she talks about how the like this song is very reminiscent of like records on Stacks, which was a, a label back in the day. Yeah, like um, and just kind of like the Memphis sound is kind of known for Stacks. I want to even say that Big Star was on Stacks Records. Like, oh really? I, I think so. Like, it was recorded at Arden Studios. I want to say that Stacks. Anyways, it was like a mismatch, mm-hmm. obviously. But the point being, when I remember Sledgehammer, I remember it as an '80s synth song. When I listen to it through the through the lens of like, it's a it's a Memphis blues song. Like, you can really hear that. It does really twist it in your head. Absolutely, yeah. it no longer you start becomes picking like, out different sounds, right? And separating it from the the video as we're just listening to it, you know, instead of watching the video, like it seems to be this weird, like avant garde thing, and mm-hmm. it's more like a oh yeah, he's got like a Memphis soul song there, you know, like I want to be, bang, you know, the horns, yeah, like, the horns kick in, yeah, I totally agree with that, yeah, it's weird to separate it from the video because the video is just like yeah. it's projected in your mind when you listen to this, you have no choice. Yeah. What did you know about the video before we go back and grab the end of this song? Uh, I just remember being pretty blown away by it as like a little, you know, as a child that really liked film stuff. It was like, oh, amazing animation. I found out that it was by uh, Ardman Animation that did like Wallace and Gromit and a bunch of um, that UK company that did a bunch of those. And then also the Brothers Quay, who did a lot of like experimental Mm -hmm. and like kind of like next level stuff. Like Gumby? Yeah. You know him? I don't know why I just didn't say they did Gumby. Did they do no, Gumby? No. <laughs> you got me. You got me, gotcha. guys. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, like... I don't know anything he, that they've done. Just continues a long tradition of him working, like, going to get artists and not just people that could make a music video. Mm. Yeah. And I don't, I don't actually know if he had videos for other things. I'm sure he did, you know, mm-hmm. like before this point, but not a number one. Um, yeah, I mean, Shock the Monkey is a pretty interesting, like, oh, that's, that's true. real I artsy. That one. Yeah, I remember you know? that. Salisbury Hill, not so much. I don't, was there a video for that? Yeah, he's, like, running on a hillside and it's cross-dissolving a lot. You know? it's, it's a lot it's of annoying. no metaphor, just yeah. direct meaning. This is exactly where I was when I wrote the song. You believe this hill? Oh. <laughs> There's a sign over his shoulder, rack focus. <laughs> Salisbury Hill. <laughs> I'm here. What was I going to say? That makes great radio when you say, what was I going to say? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love me stammering on air. That's a perfect. That's great radio. Did you see the Gautier video from a few years ago? Uh, not Goatsy. Oh, then no. <laughs> <laughs> Do not Google yeah, Goatsy. Uh, somebody that you used to know? Yeah, yeah. yeah Did yeah, you ever yeah, see the video for it? With yeah. like, with the, I mean, obviously, that's another song where if you just listen to it, you're like, oh, that's a fun little song. That's crazy. And then you're like, hey, it sounds like Peter Gabriel. And then that's the only thing that you can hear then yeah. from that moment on. But that video, again, like he did a very good job of being like, well, I really love Peter Gabriel, so I guess I'm going to up my video game. Yeah, it's like, like Peter it's a stop motion of like paint going up exactly. and down. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of fun, you know, yeah, just talking sure. about videos and I lo- whatever. Hey, I like that song when it came out. I still like that song. Bing, bing. Let's just do it let's all. Just, you know what? <laughs> let's listen to that. Here's the back half of Sledgehammer. Yeah, this is a real, yeah, man, real uh, soulful and kind of... And now that I've mentioned it, I don't know how I missed it before. Yeah. Reminds me a lot of Pink Floyd when they get, like, into the soul. Yeah, there's a little gospel. You got that yeah. gospel choir back there. 
British people do love the whole idea of like blue-eyed soul. It's like a really big kind of thing. I'm not familiar with the term. Oh, you're not? No. It's a semi-racist term implying that like um, black people play soul music, but when a white person plays it, it's called blue-eyed soul. Oh, I gotcha. You, I can't believe you've never heard that term. No. Van Morrison gets called blue-eyed soul a lot. I thought he was brown-eyed girl. That made it all worth it. We got there. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I'll tell you, Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins, and maybe maybe it's the time period rather than they're necessarily them, but these are long songs. What are we clocking in here? Well, I'm glad you asked me. Four minutes and 56 seconds. That's Jeez, almost five Louise. minutes in case you're wondering. Yeah, last time I checked. <laughs> last time I checked. God, yeah. I mean, like, I couldn't even imagine that in this day and age. Uh, here's what I'll say. It's a long song for just keeping kind of the same beat. Yeah. You know, like he does like a, that was a minute and a half. We even cut it short of him going like, dun, 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 you know? Like, yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Leave that. Peter, in. give me another 30. Yeah. Give me another exactly. 30 of that. Yeah. Which I think like, even myself as a songwriter, a lot of times, like I'll just be like, and then I'll just play that on repeat and fade it out at some point. What would it have looked like if he ended the song? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird because I almost feel like we are doing a disservice to ourselves by not listening to the full song when we're doing this. Mm. You know, like we we're familiar with the songs. I listened to them the night before just to make sure I'm I'm up on them. But it's like, are we? I'm just wondering if we're not judging it correctly by just being like, all right, we got the goods from it. We know it's five minutes long. Because if you listen to that for all five minutes, are you suddenly like, I don't know, man, Sledgehammer is just too long. I don't like it. I think different than a, a two or three minute pop song from the sixties or even maybe like the seventies, like knock three times on the window or whatever that one is. Ceiling. Not, ceiling. <laughs> Just knock somewhere, which is meant to be like, kind of like sing along with it the whole time you're in and out. You got, you know, you got your half of a 45. I think people were just saying like, maybe they're they're more setting a mood maybe they're laying a landscape you know yeah. an an audio landscape there's got to be a word that means that right uh yeah i don't know if it's like atmosphere is the yeah. right or you know more so than like I, and i and i feel like that with phil collins now phil collins to this point up until today he could be included in that with peter gabriel but from henceforth he's going to be off his rocker <laughs> so just a quick tidbit gabriel kind of used as we said uh from Stax records memphis horns who was a uh you know several hits on Stax. It's actually first name memphis last name horns <laughs> it's, it's one memphis guy horns. It's just a he guy. plays them all there was criticism that he was trying to copy the style of phil collins to gain commercial success because uh-huh. collins was using all those horns and you stuff could at the not time. write this narrative but we didn't Lover, know studio yeah we did not know this when we started this no. podcast we were just like hey they look like they're going up here's what gabriel had to say all right oh oh yeah gabriel says give it to me this was never his intent and he was more of an influence on collins <laughs> <laughs> like the perfect no i don't think so i think he was copying uh, me. what do you have to say to the fact that it seems like you're copying phil collins he was copying me next question <laughs> that's perfect, perfect. Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. perfect that's ended on that uh good night good night everybody peter gabriel wins <laughs> this would normally be the point where we would say five star reviews but i don't even feel like singing the jingle today no because no one 
and I do mean no one has gone to the See iTunes store and left us a five-star review. We get compliments on it. Yeah, people, they text us. They join in on the Facebook feed. We know that you're listening. I tracked the downloads a little bit. I just how, don't, how, I don't tell you about it. Come on. I know you're too focused on I'm the too, numbers. I'm fragile. What we're about is making the art. That's what the, true. What they do is you let know them what? digest it. We do this for us. That's, that's right. clear for anybody that's listening to this <laughs> yeah, podcast. Absolutely. We do it for the sushi afterwards. I will say this. Please go to the iTunes store. Leave us a five-star review. Go to the Origins of Wit and Humor. Download it and watch it. I think you can even rent it now. You can rent maybe, it. Maybe that four, $11.99 four bucks, price point was too much to bear. And I suggested that much six months ago when you were filling out that paperwork. Just kidding. It's worth every penny. And these guys worked hard on it. Uh, Thank you. You should Thank be watching it. That. iTunes store. Amazon, Voodoo, and Google Play. Yeah, rent yeah. it for four bucks. Check it out. Rent I, it for I'm four not, bucks. I don't expect you to buy movie sight and scene. I don't do that. Absolutely not. I bought Pink Floyd live at Pompeii this week on DVD. Oh, how'd they make it out? <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to tell you about it, but that's better than anything I'm going to come up with. Uh, in all seriousness, we're, we're joking around a lot, but yeah, if you could please leave a review, that would be awesome. We'd really appreciate it. You know what? If you don't, we'll still we'll make them until we're done. That's true. So well, it has not, we're going to make them until it's not fun anymore. That's absolutely. what we decided. Or until neither of us edits a podcast and it just sits there unedited. Yeah, that's that's probably possible. how it's going to happen. Not with a bang, <laughs> but with a whimper. Phil Collins, hit me. Phil Collins, we're hitting Susudio now. This is 1985. This is the first, the opening track on No Jacket Required, which is his third solo album. Oh, so he's Peter's playing already had up. five at this yeah. point. Hmm. Not catching up. I could see how Peter was more of an influence on him. <laughs> <laughs> or was Phil just a little more controlled? A little hmm. more a little careful, a hmm. little patient, might you say. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. Never about say him. it. This was my this is my Phil Collins album. No jacket required is incredible. One year old Christian. Maybe you were conceived of this. What year? 86? Possibly. What year were you born uh conceived? You were born eighty six? Eight born eighty five. Tail end eighty five. Oh, eighty four. No, then you wouldn't be. That's too bad. That's too bad. Maybe an early Phil hit. <laughs> I'll ask my folks. Yeah. Uh, but this single and album both reach number one Are you kidding on their me? respective charts. Peaks at 12 in the UK. I didn't care for it too much there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Why is the UK dogging their own? I don't know. And this is the second number one hit from No Jacket Required. The other was One More Night, which is a snooze, so we're not going to do that one. To be fair, in 84 and 85, there were a lot of other things happening in the UK that weren't happening here yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like... like um, like the synth scene had really taken yeah. off there, like Depeche Mode. Yeah, I was going to ask. You know, like seems, Erasure, yeah. you know, other bands that didn't have that same guy in them. You <laughs> yeah. know, like Simply Red. Like, I feel like acts like that, you know, Wham, Wham is happening at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, it could just be a case of like a Wham record comes out the same week as No Jacket Required. Yeah, that's you true. You don't stand a chance. Jitterbug. You're not doing anything with <laughs> Jitterbug. We're not you stop, stop. <laughs> we got to stop because otherwise we I tried to lure him into a whole jitterbug. <laughs> <laughs> Set my trap and you, you danced around it. Remember how you were pulling those sound bits for me? I watched one where it was from American Bandstand and it was like, and it, it was Wham's debut on American Bandstand. So Perfect. go ahead and YouTube it if it exists. And so Dick Clark is sitting there, you know, he sits with the people in the crowd and holds the record up mm-hmm. and does the promo and he's like, now I got this record the other day and I thought I'm listening to some black guys from Detroit here. <laughs> And it turns out they're from the UK, and he goes on and whatever, and then he cuts to Wham, and it's like I was doing a devil. It's like some <laughs> sign. I was like, really? This is what you think the this Detroit is sound is? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like coming in on that Detroit sound. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. 
I listened to these boys and I said, definitely not homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit it, boys. And then they cuts to him. He sees him for the first time in the short shorts. He's like, oh, misjudge that. I love it. A jitterbug. Also, this is just a tidbit for Dan. Mini Moog on this track. Mm. Believe it. I got some I'm, more you know tidbits, what? I'll tell too. you where it is. I'll tell you where it is because I'm in tune with the Moog. I love it. Why don't we start it? And I've got other a bunch did. of stuff after. I already did. Ugh, this opening. I never caught that high, that little high pitch synth in there. It's a guitar, no? There's like a little slide. I love this song. Shamelessly. Love this song. I think one of the reasons I don't like it is because it's Susudio. Which doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Collins confirmed. Uh, yeah, I knew that before you even said it. Storytellers, 1997. He goes... That's you know, the famous episode I've been telling you about. <laughs> Love it. Storytellers and pop-up video. That actually got me through the 90s. That and copious amounts of grass. <laughs> yeah, so he was saying in that Storytellers... He goes, you know, that's the thing I, I said on the drum track. I'm trying to get a rhythm, so I'm just saying anything. So I go, oh, it's a studio. Oh. I'll fill that in later. Oh. Then couldn't find Who something. Who else said that? Who else they said that? They all say that. There's a placeholder. In season one, we had that. It was like Billy Joel or something. Or Paul Simon. Yeah, geez. Like, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Great radio. Great. <laughs> great radio. Here's part of my issue with the song. I, I, here's what I'm going to say on on a new listen now, 30 years later. You love it. I don't. I don't love it, but I can see the value in this song at this point. I'm not going to say I love it. It seems like someone 10 years younger than him should be singing this. You know, oh, like yeah. someone with a full head of hair. <laughs> you know, perhaps maybe even of a different gender. Well, it's funny that you should say all that. Oh, because really? Because the little story behind the song. You actually, like, kind of nailed it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, which you're, you're it's good. It's pros. You're good. I can't believe we haven't been picked up yet. Are you guys listening? <laughs> <laughs> no, so anyway, so he, you know, I'll, I'll fill it in later. Doesn't find anything that's as sure. good as the studio that fits as well. You can't. So he tries to reverse engineer it. He goes, okay, well, what can I, how can I give it meaning? So I'm just going to, can I just read this? Is yeah. Fine? He wrote this earlier. He's just going to read it off the page. The lyrics are based on this schoolboy crush on this girl at school. It's happening with my daughter now. She's eight years old, and she loves this boy, but she won't tell him. Like, in the lyrics, he changes it to a boy. So, boom, you gender-swapped it. Uh, gender you were swapped. right. You I nailed can, it. I can smell a gender-swap a mile away. <laughs> so you nailed the gender-swap. You're absolutely right. So he says, like, in the lyrics, this boy loves her, but they don't talk about it. So... That's Very British the, as well. Yeah, Very exactly. British. So in the song, Susudio became the name for this person. Mm-hmm. And then he also goes, he's like, I bet you there's a bunch of kids named Susudio, and I'm so sorry. So no at way. Least he, yeah, he's apologized. No, I, I, I believe he apologized. He's a known <laughs> apologizer. Do you think people name their kids Susudio? Oh, I guarantee there's some. You think so? I'm going to Google little... search it after here. Susudio Murphy. Well, that's not bad. When you say it like that, <laughs> when you give it a last name, <laughs> Susudio Gridelli. If you're listening, Aaron, it's Studio Gradelli. I'm pitching she, it. And she's not. She's not listening. And she's not. She hears enough of us talking. My wife is always looking for podcast recommendations, and I'm like, well, you could listen to mine. No. 
No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't, I don't get it. I'd prefer not to hear your voice. <laughs> yeah. Just going to the song in general. So we got to the story behind the song, which isn't really even that good sure. of a story. He's really dialing in that synth horn keyboard yeah. combo. There's so He's, much energy in it, though. Yeah. it's, And I think that's what I like about it. Do you remember this video? No. So it's like him in a nightclub, if I remember It's correctly. very unremarkable, yeah. Yeah, which I think does it a disservice because in my mind, it's like, what is he? He's 32 at this point, like Maybe. 30. And they were born in like around 1950. So if it's 85, that puts him at 35, right? Mm-hmm. So like you're kind of past your prime. You're not past your prime, like says the 38-year-old guy who's working on an album. <laughs> <laughs> You're not past your you're past your prime as far as like looks and being an energetic front man. You still have a lot to give, but you're not going to be a pop icon at that point. I, it, I see what you're saying. Like, you know, make it about something. Make the video like, oh, did you see else. Phil's double-breasted suit? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I gotta get me a double-breasted suit like that. <laughs> you see his cabbie's hat? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, though, maybe maybe I'm looking at it with my eyes now and backwards, and that in 1980. Five, just like an American Psycho, you know, they're like, oh, I do want to get a suit like that. Mm-hmm. Uses the Phoenix Horns on this track, who are famous for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Working with Earth, Wind, and Fire. I love that. Phoenix Horns versus the Memphis Horns. Yeah, it's a that's, real. That's actually season three. It's a real horn-on-horn uh, situation. <laughs> oh, Let's listen to the back half and hear what we hear. It's interesting that they do so much electronic, but they bring the horns in live. You know? Because I can dial up a Moog right now and get it just... You can't... You can't beat that feeling. You can't tell the difference. Oh, I don't know about that. Bing, 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 bing. I love this little horn outro. Is there a name for that type of like synth? It's not like splats. It's like a splat bass. I mean, no, there's not a name for it. Okay, we'll go with splat bass. I mean, like, there's different words to describe it, but like, they're just dialing in. You know, you can make it. Anyways, I'm not gonna go into it. Yeah. I'm gonna expose how little I know if I talk. Ooh. I like that. Has this been sampled? Not the fill part. We should sample it. I'm gonna sample it. Take it. It's yours. I heard this is all royalty free. Like Moby. Do you know about Moby's site? Moby Who, Gratis? Moby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks like you right now. <laughs> That's a, Dan just got a I just, Moby's got a site. I think it's called Moby Gratis. And you can sign up for it and you can use his. I just heard about this this morning. He has like 150 tracks that you can use royalty free. I should be doing this for films. Wait for it. No use in films. <laughs> You can use it if you're a nonprofit. You can use it if you're a student filmmaker or an independent filmmaker. If you make money on it, he will pursue you. And he will, he will find win. you. <laughs> and he, and will... he will kill you. Yeah. And he will lecture you. So, about but if not you're just, if you're putting together your reel or whatever, though, yeah. you know, like if it's a not, if... if it's just going to festivals, if you're yeah. not selling it, well, you should read the fine print before you yeah. use it. Yeah, to I be clear, so. we don't have to discuss the legalities of Moby's website right now. But... Anyways, I thought it was kind of a cool idea, though. No, like, yeah, that's like... super cool. Anyhow, uh, so the studio. I'll say this about it: Lay I liked me. it more than I thought I would. Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's all I needed from you. I still don't think it fits his voice. He he sang it very well. Mm-hmm. Someone else should be singing that song. He should have written it and sold it to Kesha. <laughs> I was thinking Janet Jackson, maybe. 
That's a great one too. You know, or who's big in '85? Um, I was trying to think when Whitney was really breaking out. Whitney, that's not. I don't know that it's a real. I think Whitney could have nailed it. Yeah. I wonder if there is a version like a lot of times there are demos of other people singing the songs that just like, never really make it out. Yeah. So isn't there's a version of Prince doing "When You Were Mine," right? And then ultimately Cindy Lauper got it. Oh, I've never seen that. I do know the Prince version of uh, the Sinead O'Connor tune that she made famous. Nothing compares. To you. Do you? <laughs> yeah, which Sinead kills it. Oh, crushes it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Not. I bet you Prince does as well, though. Let's just say that. Speaking of Prince, it's weird that. Are you kidding? We're me? doing a great job of this... segueing into stuff we don't. We know we don't. Need if to we were really into. pros, we wouldn't pop ourselves every time we, we get, get so excited that we, we made so a connection that we do it so well. No, but you know what? That's that's what humanizes us. Of course, we're playing around in the 1985 sandbox. It's not like it's not going to happen. Talking about Prince, when we're talking about Prince, uh, a lot of people accused Phil Collins of kind of biting Prince's style. Really? With this, they were like, "You're just trying like to make Purple a Prince Rain, song." Isn't it? Yeah, I think 84, 85 is Purple Rain. So this is that time period? I'm yeah. not hearing this on Purple Rain. I don't think so either. I think Maybe like 78 Prince, like like where he's doing like um, that first album. That's a lot more like kind of – anyways, go ahead. But yeah, anyways, I, I think number one, Phil leaned right into it. And he's like, oh, I love Prince. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he did influence me. But number two – who did Prince not influence? Yeah. You know? Once he hit the scene in 78, it's Yeah, over. that's it. Everybody's so, taken a little bit of that. I, the guy wears a purple shirt. Oh. <laughs> guy what, he owns a, the color? Guy wears a blouse. Yeah. All of a sudden, what? He's Prince? He's driving a purple motorcycle? Purple motorcycle? I just like the color. I just like it, okay? Get off my back. Jesus, give me a break. Uh, I think it's go time. I have to, I have to go sledgehammer. I have to. I don't know about that. Maybe. Lay it on me. What's what are you thinking? Talk it out with me. Uh tough guy. <laughs> the, the industrial nature of it really mm-hmm. brings home a sledgehammer to me. Um I feel like if anything, Peter Gabriel was influencing Phil Collins. <laughs> and so for that I need to give it to Sledgehammer. I also feel like it it is a step up in commercialization for Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Shock the Monkey was a step into it. But this is where he really hits his stride with this album, So. And he's got five singles from it, you know, like, and I, I seriously have not looked at the numbers, but I'm going to bet the three of those are top 10. And we know that this one's a number one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure another one is a number one. Yeah, he's got to have another one in there. And, and, I, and there's one more big time that I'm wondering where it's going to chart. Um, That's so, got to be high up there. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it to Peter Gabriel because of the step up. Phil has had. Phil, also, it's his number one, mm-hmm. and and good on you, but someone else should have sung this song, Phil, and you should have just collected money. I think that's a great point. I Coming into this, I thought it was all Susudio, yeah. uh, is what I will say. Listening to it again, it's still just as enjoyable as I remember it. There's some kind of wizardry that he works with that synth and horn and whatever is combo. Him? Is he playing the Moog on that? Oh, he worked with... I can pull up the name. He worked okay. with somebody to help program... And it's just fun. Like, the lyrics are gibberish. It doesn't mean anything. Anybody could be singing this, like, weird love song. Sure. So there's nothing special there. I don't know that there's anything special lyrically. I don't think I lyrically. care for that, though. Oh, yeah. I'm saying that's a that's a weakness. Okay. However, I don't think there's anything that special about the lyrics in Sledgehammer. It's, no. you know, you could take a this and it's a that and whatever. Having said that, all in all, I'm going to wrap this up to Susudio is still a song that I enjoy more than I enjoy Sledgehammer. Hmm. But I think Sledgehammer takes it from me 
surprisingly to myself, because Sledgehammer just feels different. Hmm. So Studio is another like candy-coated pop song, sure. and those are fun, and those are great, and we have a lot of those. But Sledgehammer feels different with, you know, especially when we were talking about looking at it through the lens of that R&B or that soul. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. I, I forgot about that gospel choir that, like, comes yeah, in. Yeah, and... yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think I go Sledgehammer as a surprise to myself. Yeah, it is very interesting. So there you go. Sledgehammer this week takes it, uh, and I don't think we're wrong. Nine, you know, nine MTV Movie Awards later. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> best kiss. He won best kiss on he this one. Best kiss. <laughs> he kisses Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man's hanging upside down, and Peter Gabriel just plant one on. I love it. Where can people get at you on the internet? If you want to find me, you can find me at Dime Store Films. Uh, that's Dime, like the change in your pocket, Dime Store Films. That's all social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc. You can find information about our movie at OWHfilm.com. That's Origins of Wit and Humor. I am at Atomics Dan on Twitter, though I'm never there, really. Is anyone on Twitter anymore? Here, here's the holy trinity that you got to tweet if you're still on Twitter. At Atomics Dan, at Song Show Pod, at Dime Store Films. Yep. Put it all in one tweet, and we'll keep mentioning our Twitter handles next week. If you don't, we're done. So long. I mean, I'll mention my Twitter handle. I'm not going to mention Song Show Pod. <laughs> I'm doing some great work on there. Just follow me at Dime Store Films. It, it isn't. <laughs> I told you. I warned you about soundboarding. Dan made the big mistake of bringing in a child sound machine, and now daddy just can't get enough. <laughs> That's terrible. The podcast is at Song Show Pod, Facebook. Twitter. And don't forget to, if you check us out on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, if you enjoy the show, number one, tell your friends, yeah. spread the word. Uh, and then number two, if you could kindly just leave a review, that'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, we don't want any money. We can't ask you for money. <laughs> Legally. I wouldn't. Thanks to the advice from Stuart Gotts and Associates. We have a little tradition around these parts where the winner plays us out. Pete, sit on it. I'm on my way.